For generations, Butterball has delivered only quality American-grown turkey. They provide products that please patrons while delivering versatility to operators in all segments. But Butterball doesn't stop there. As an organization, they're always looking for ways to empower operators to be at their best. From recipes that inspire culinary creativity to insights and trends that can help drive business decisions, it's all at ButterballFoodService.com. Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN. This is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I'm talking with Farallon Wolf. She is the CEO of Good Sense, a Kansas-based sandwich franchise for with 64 locations in eight states that has enjoyed record AUVs the last two years after it adapted its model to emphasize speed and convenience and after it rolled out a new grab-and-go platform. Farallon joins the podcast to talk about the development of grab-and-go, how GoodSense is leaning into its customers' wants and needs as it further adapts the brand, and why the existing guest is far more valuable than the potential one. Before I jump into that conversation, remember that there are many other ways you can engage with NRN's award-winning content. Not only can you subscribe to our monthly print edition and daily AM newsletter at nrn.com slash subscribe, but you can also subscribe to NRN's other podcast, Extra Serving, where our editors discuss the hot-button issues of the day and we share interviews with a wide variety of restaurant personalities. This week, I'm joined by editors Leanne Zinsmeister and Holly Petrie for a conversation on Starbucks store closures, Chipotle's potential union busting, and Domino's sales woes. Plus, there is a great conversation between our own Brett Thorne and Snooze CEO David Birzon that you do not want to miss. Finally, don't forget that in about two months, we are going to be in Denver for Create, our live experience bringing together restaurant founders, executives, and leaders for two days of education, networking, and good eats. I am thrilled to announce that we are offering loyal listeners of Takeaway free registration to Create. That's right, a $550 value, totally free for you. If you're available September 19th through 21st and you want to connect with your fellow restaurateurs, brainstorm new ideas for your business, and just in general, have a good time, come join us in Denver. Go to create.nrn.com and when you're registering for the event, make sure to put in the promo code TAKEAWAY, all one word, for that free registration. That's September 19th through 21st in Denver, and you can register for free at create.nrn.com using promo code TAKEAWAY. Jumping now into my interview with Good Sense CEO, Farallon Wolf. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my four takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. Okay, Farallon Wolf, the CEO of Good Sense. Farallon, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Farallon, for those who are not familiar of the Good Sense brand, give us a quick synopsis of what this brand is all about. Okay, well, thank you, Sam. Good Sense is actually a 33 year old sub sandwich franchise that's headquartered in DeSoto, Kansas. We have 64 locations uh, in eight states today, and we have several exciting things going on on the development front. 
uh, which we can talk about later. Yeah. Uh, but we're really looking to expand and we're set for expansion. And did I see that you guys also have pasta on the menu, right? So it's not just a sandwich brand. Tell me about the menu of this concept. Yes, we have obviously our great pillowy soft bread on every one of our sub sandwiches. We slice to order and we slice our meats and cheeses, bake the bread in the stores fresh every day. But we also offer several other options and it's called Good Sense to Go meals, which okay. kind of are packaged meals that people can go up to the cooler, grab and go, skip the line and pay at the register. It's, it's kind of a really nice program that we've rolled probably, I think it was in the beginning of 2020. Okay, so was that a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic? It was, and it was also just the convenience. Um, back in my day, you know, we, and, and I'm older than maybe you are, Sam, uh, we used to cook a lot at home. Mm -hmm. People don't like to cook at home as much as they did before. Um, many people just don't have the time and they're doing their family events and everything else and they want to run in, grab things that are already ready to go and they just heat them in the microwave when they get home for dinner, and they can have their sub sandwich for lunch, and then they can have their dinners for dinner time options. Sure, uh, it's interesting because I think about you know sandwich brands um, and your typical sandwich experience, or your, your, in your typical sandwich demographic, sandwiches became really a you know a quick lunch uh, uh, destination. You know, get a sandwich on the road, easy to eat in the car or at your desk or something like that. But um, strikes me that it sounds like if you have these kinds of items like pasta uh, and, a, and a wider breadth of menu items, your demographic must be all over the place and it must include a lot of uh, lunch and dinner, right? What, what is your core demographic and what's that core experience you're trying to serve? You know what? What's interesting is when people come in for lunch, since we have just rolled Good Sense to Go fairly recently, a lot of our customers that are regulars didn't even realize and still don't realize we have these other options. Mm. And when we really talk through it with them, they say, oh, well, I could go ahead and just get five today, have them for my dinner time meals in the refrigerator and not have to go in and out and go other places to get the dinner. Um, they really are um, kind of different options like the, we have the chicken Alfredo's pasta. We okay. have the meatballs and red sauce, marinara sauce. We have chicken Alfredo pasta, and mm. we have meatballs and pasta. We also have our grilled Alaskan salmon, which comes with mashed potatoes, green beans, and salmon. And we have roast beef. So it's a roast beef in the middle with the, the, the proteins in the middle with the same mashed potatoes and green beans option uh, to have with that meal. So... We have those are the four core meals, and then we have a rotator seasonal meal that comes out when the when we and when it's time to rotate it out. And none of those things existed pre-pandemic. I mean, those were all an addition in 2020. Well, back in the day, we used to be called Mr. Good Sense Subs and Pastas. We're now Good Sense, so we did have pasta options like the chicken Alfredo and the meatballs and, and pasta. Um, but now we've just incorporated those into the Good Sense to Go meals. Hmm. And what are, what are some of the operational complexities with that? I, ma I imagine, again, think about a subway. I mean, the thing about subway that makes it so successful, at least in terms of number of locations, is how easy it is to operate a subway. And you have a tiny little um, footprint because it doesn't take much to get a, put a subway sandwich together. Sounds like, to me like what you guys are serving, there, sounds like there's a lot of operational complexity to that. How do you make sure that it doesn't get to be too much for a sandwich concept? You know, that that is a very good observation because... 
the key is we've got to be able to operationally put these things together very efficiently, especially in today's world where we have some labor shortages or issues, supply chain. What we have done is these meals are prepared in the morning hours before the restaurant is open for business. So they're all uh, put together in the actual dishes and prepared every day, fresh based on um, the um, product that's needed for the cooler. And so they really are, they, they don't like interrupt the uh, operations within the noon hour because we definitely sell a lot of sandwiches during our rush time and we don't have to worry about preparing them then. We, the customer just picks it out of the cooler and takes them right up and, and kind of skips the line and just pays, uh, which is nice for the customers that don't have time to stand in line. Because right. uh, don't, don't forget, we, we are similar in the fact that we have customized sandwiches down our front line. So that the condiments that the choice that the customers choose actually uh, make their sandwich down the line. So a lot of times when you come in, there may be three or four customers in line. Um, and if you don't have time to wait, then you just go to the cooler, pick up your sandwich, your your meals, and go right to the register. I imagine, especially for a, a family looking for a dinner. I mean, I've got two little kids, and I just think about like I don't want to stand in a line. I just want to like get through the line as quickly as possible. I'm going to grab something and and get through here. So um, you don't have to share numbers, but I'm just curious, how successful is the grab and go? I mean, it, it, has that really significantly increased revenue? You know, over the system, we've had over a million dollars in sales. Uh, that was the first year, and it's about a million three. Uh, and this year may even be higher than that. That was 2021. So 2022, I'm expecting great things because we just recently rolled um, three cold sandwich options. So we have a chicken salad that's actually in the good sense to go packaging. So a chicken salad sandwich and a tuna salad that's got the lettuce and pickles on the side. So again, it's um, we kind of introduced sandwiches in the cooler, um, and so far that's gone really well. And that just rolled out uh, the first of July. Tell me about the broader good sense off-premises strategy because obviously you have there's drive-through, there's takeout, there's delivery. I mean, just broadly speaking, in the restaurant industry, and to me, it seems like something like a grab-and-go uh, uh, station like this would really help facilitate a lot of that because you have so many things that are prepackaged. So tell me about how all of the what, what's what's good sense's broad off-premises strategy and how does this grab-and-go really kind of play a role in that. You know, what we've really been paying attention to is what our guests are wanting. Uh, and when we learned back in, before we rolled Get Sense to Go, that we really want convenience. We want speed of service. We want we need to get in and out quickly. Uh, a lot of our customers don't want to even come to the restaurant. and They just want to order through our delivery service providers like DoorDash, Grubhub, all of those opportunities. Uh, when we decided to go with all the DSPs that we're currently with, uh, again, convenience for the customer is in the back of our mind. They want to order however they want to order. So our, our online ordering, we've beefed up. Our menus on online ordering are very key to the success there. They can choose whether the operators or franchisees can actually choose whether they deliver it or they have a DoorDash delivery driver deliver it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of flexibility in there that we've really listened to our franchisees on what they want and most importantly, what our customers want. So customers, they really wanted curbside delivery, for example. Mm -hmm. They didn't really want to order DoorDash, but they just wanted to come to the store, park at the curb. We bring the food out, curbside delivery. That was another great thing that happened. And when we talk about our improvement for AUVs, I mean, we went up 20% over where we were in 2020. Hmm. That is a record breaker for us. Um, 
So we've had this really good performance because of our focus on these new programs. But really, most importantly, our franchisees have executed to a level that our customers are happy with with all these new programs. And we kind of talked about that earlier. Execution is really the key to all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the basics as far as just operationally running your restaurant the way we would like to have it run from a good sense brand standpoint. All of our franchisees have embraced that. Our customers, obviously, with the results, like it. And they they really feel comfortable with our new programs. And and we're going to just keep moving forward with them. Tell me again how many of these Good Sense to Go locations there are. Has it rolled out to the whole system? Yeah, the whole all, all sixty four stores have the Good Sense to Go program within the the uh, within their location. Okay, gotcha. And then what's next? I mean, how do you build off of that? How do you innovate when now that this has been such a success? How can you you know build off of that into the future? One of the things that's very exciting that we're moving forward with is we are um, working toward improving our loyalty program and enhancing that based on what our guests are saying they like. Mm -hmm. Uh, We currently have a program that uh, rewards based on the point structure. Uh, Our guests are saying, you know, we would love to have more free food. We Mm -hmm. want to have food. Wouldn't we (laughs) all? (laughs) Exactly. So so we are are, uh, actually in the process of developing our new program. So we expect that to roll out in September. And that I hope will be make our customers very happy with our new offerings through our loyalty program. Our second thing is really um, kind of focused on what what product offering can we offer our customers that really gets them excited about frequency? Because you know we have our our loyal fans; they they just come to Good Sense because they just love our product. Yeah. Uh, what would increase our frequency of visits? with those guests, those are, that's our, I call it low hanging fruit because our guests already like, we don't have to convince somebody new to come try us. We already have our guests that love us. How Mm. do we just get them to come visit one more time a month, for example? Mm. Um, But I think with the loyalty program, that will enhance that. Um, And I I think, you know, one of the things we're looking at is um, area representatives. Uh, When you talk about, we have different concepts with what you can do when you want to become a franchise with Good Sense. You can have a single unit operation, you can have multi-unit, and you can have an area representative agreement, which is really a 10-store requirement. Okay. We have, and, and don't ask me why this timing happened, but during COVID year, we signed our first two area representatives that signed for 10 stores each. Um, that, that's that kind of just odd, in my <laughs> opinion, that it worked for us. Yeah. And there's one in Kansas City and one in St. Louis. Um, the uh, lady that's in St. Louis, her name's Maggie. She is opening her fifth store, I think it's in September. It'll be her first drive-through. So when we talked about what are we doing to offer our guests the convenience that they want, a lot of folks don't want to get out of their car, especially with families and young Mm -hmm. kids. They just soon, if they can go through that drive-through, that'd be so much better. So it's not a typical drive-through. It's more of a, um, if if we were recording this, I'd hold up my phone. This is the POS system. So all you're going to do is order online, order ahead come to the pickup window and not get out of your car and pick up your whatever you're ordering that for that instance. Um, but the guests want that. That's, that's loud and clear. We have, I think nine, that will make our ninth drive through location. So when you're looking at new locations for good sense, moving us forward, we'll be trying to have a pickup window 
opportunity because I think that is definitely the future uh, that we will want to move toward. Uh, most of the other centers or locations are in inline centers um, today. Mm-hmm. They still do really well with curbside pickup. So in my perspective, you have a pickup option just having curbside delivery at even the in-store inline locations. Uh, again, the customers don't really want to get out. So we're happy. We're changing that so we can really make that happen as well. You know, I got a really kind of silly example, though, of uh, mobile pickup windows and how sometimes they don't always work, which is yesterday I was picking up lunch for my family at a, uh, let's just say a a popular chicken chain. I won't, uh, that shall remain nameless. And um, I pull onto the site, you know, did the mobile order. It's reading me. It's following me when I pull onto the site. And um, there was signage saying mobile orders right this way. And uh, that lane that it directed me into was... Uh, it had no end. I just drove around the restaurant and there was no conclusion to it. And so I, en- <laughs> I ended up into the regular drive through line, did another lap around the restaurant before I got my food. And I was reflecting on how if I could have just parked in a spot and then pressed the button, I'm here, and it was walked out, that would have been just as well. So it's interesting. I'm watching, following with interest, the development of mobile pickup windows because, yeah, they're mm-hmm. great. And it's great that people don't get out of their car. But maybe there's a better way to do it. I don't know. Uh, but I think that was what everybody is exploring to, in today's world. Uh, one of the things we've got kind of in our test kitchen here in DeSoto is AI. Mm. You may have experienced some other bigger, larger chains that already are testing AI in their drive-thrus on the or- when they're ordering. Um, ours is um, a little bit more complicated to order because our, our sandwiches are made custom so you can get the condiments you want on it. So to train... Uh, our AI um, avatar's name is Penny because we okay. have a Penny nickel dime quarter. So mm-hmm. she will be named Penny. And uh, we are incorporating how to order the right way through Good Sense so the guest has a good experience and gets their sandwich made accurately. Um, and that's that's been a fun thing. We've been working on that for probably six months. Uh, and I see that in our near future. Uh, but we have our R&D kitchen and our facility open here in DeSoto. And we get to um, thankfully have the DeSoto community help us develop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we learn a lot by the guest experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and, be fun. and talking about what guests want too. I mean, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, there's been a lot of like bells and whistles that have popped up in the restaurant industry these days. And, um, you know, restaurant guests, they don't always need bells and whistles. For, for you, as you guys do some of these innovations, especially like an AI, how far is too far? How, you know, when you're listening to your customers, how much tech do they want in this experience? And how much are they just like, I just want a sandwich? Yeah. Or they say, I just want to talk to someone. You know, that that is always what you learn through this testing, because some people nowadays, depending on demographics, would just as soon not have to talk to someone. Right. They're very comfortable with ordering on their app. Um, but there are some people that don't even know how to download an app on their phone. Um, it, it varies so 180 degrees depending on who you're talking with. Uh, but if we can offer the opportunity to fit all of those models, that would be fantastic. And that's our goal. Because we don't want to we don't want to lose any of our guests uh, just because they don't have an upgraded phone or, you know, whatever their their issues are. I've been able to use the technology. But for those that do, we want to have that as well. 
to that end, you mentioned your St. Louis franchisee adding the drive-through. Um, as you continue to expand and add area representatives, add um, you know several stores through these deals, what what's the strategy for knowing? Well, this one's going to have a drive-through. This one's going to have you know, this, that, or the other thing. Do, is it a, a location by location process of figuring out what is the experience for the store? Or are you trying to keep that fairly standardized? I think it's, it's really more standardized because we know from experience because of our nine that we have, uh, sales are probably 30% higher on anything that has a drive-through. Hmm. So, so just based on actual results, and again, I think it's back to the convenience of the customers because, again, they don't want to get out of the car. Uh, those units are going to have higher volumes. So ideally, I, I'd always want to, if they have available locations, because that's the other issue you have, you only have limited, everybody's looking probably for the opportunity for a pickup or a drive through window. So if there are some viable locations like that, we definitely say get get pick that one, choose that one, not one that's in line. But some of our higher volume restaurants today are in line centers. So it, it will work with both. It just depends on, you know, how, how you market your restaurant. What is your impression of real estate today? Because I've had a lot of conversations with folks that real estate's really, really tough right now because a lot of restaurant companies are in growth mode. A lot of them are, you know, signing these leases, some for, you know, even two years from now. They're just trying to get those leases and, and these new um, developments that are springing up. Um, and then for those who are signing leases, they're they're getting their, their restaurant ready to go. Well, then supply chain issues, you know, you can't get certain equipment or certain features of your restaurant. And you can't even staff it, even if you do get everything built out. Um, tell me about Good Sense's expansion, considering all of this. Is there, I assume you're having the same trouble in your expansion journey. How can you make sure you're growing at the pace you want to, considering all of that? You know, I think that answer probably varies a lot by market. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about it is I've, I've noticed um that the landlords are more, um, I would almost say more flexible in listening to what the, you know, proposed tenant or prospective tenant is saying. Like, for example, hey, I'd love to have this space. Uh, Let's negotiate the rent. But the other thing you've got to understand, Mr. Landlord, is that my uh, lead time for getting equipment for a new restaurant is no longer, you know, 60 days like it used to be. It may be 120 days. Uh, for some of the key items, like like in our case, our, we use Moffat ovens. Mm. Uh, those aren't just plentifully sitting around somewhere. So that conversation between the tenant, our, our franchisee, and the landlord, I've noticed the landlords are a little bit more flexible because they also hear the news about supply chain issues and what that means and lead times. So I've kind of noticed in the last few leases that they've been a little bit more lenient on free, a little bit longer free rent times to address that. Because I know their their goal is to get the space locked up on a lease. Right. So at least they may have to give a, maybe another free month of rent or something to extend the lead times for equipment issues that we may have. But they've been willing to do that. And I'm very, very pleased with that. But mm. the biggest deal about that is both parties um, just have to be really uh, conscious of each other's needs. And, and they're able to negotiate through it. Sure. 
so franchising, obviously a big part of, of Good Sense success here. Um, tell me about your franchisees. Who who is um, who are the franchisees? Broadly speaking, in terms of the demographic of your franchisees, are they mom and pa? Are they you know? Do they have a portfolio of other restaurant concepts? And then who are you seeing a lot of interest from as far as people who are you know inquiring about franchise opportunities? A little bit of all the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about the last two franchisees that we've actually signed are uh, veterans. Um, we, we do offer a discount for, for veterans off the franchise fee when they sign. Nice. I'm very excited about that. Um, they are, um, it's kind of funny. One of them's in Arizona. Mm. And you think, well, you're in, you were based in Kansas City. How did you get somebody interested in Arizona? <laughs> and we do have some restaurants in Arizona. But it seems very um, kind of like the, the cycle of circle of life. Uh, these folks used to live in Kansas City already know our product and they know that they would love to have a good sense in happens to be Mesa, Arizona. And why not? So they, they think of us based on their previous experience of going to like, he went to K-State in Manhattan Mm. and he ate it in the good sense of still in Aggieville. Um, and, and they just remember what they liked when they were younger and especially had a family back when they were young. And now they want to bring that to their city that they're in. And that's, if, if I kind of had to think, I, I bet you 75% of our franchisees are like that because they already knew the product. Because that, that's one of the challenges being still small and only in eight states. A lot of our prospects may not have ever tasted our food. Mm. And once they taste our food, then we don't, have to, we don't have to work on selling our concept. They've got to love our product. And so the, the challenge for us in brand new markets is getting them to come taste the food and have that experience and then make their final decision that we're the right fit for them from a, from a brand standpoint. Are you actively trying to expand into other markets? If you're in eight states now, do you want to grow that over time? We, we will have a requirement of at least three to five restaurants if we go into a brand new market. Okay. And new market to me is serviced by a different distribution center. And, and currently our approved vendor is Cisco. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that, that you kind of mentioned the supply chain issues. My biggest job <laughs> and, uh, is to make sure that I can get groceries to our new franchisees and new markets. Uh, Cisco and I have this agreement. GoodSense has an agreement that if we have a at least three to five store commitment in that area to open up a new DC, we can bring all of our proprietary agreements or items in and uh, we won't have a challenge to get them product. Gotcha. So, but that's and Cisco's been a great partner for Good Sense. Sure, sure. You you talked about that twenty percent growth in twenty twenty one and this record setting growth, which, by the way, in this you know pandemic time, <laughs> that's a that's a nice thing to have, right? Um, tell me about how you build off of that momentum. You you guys are having record setting years. You're signing franchisees. You're innovating. You've got this great um, to go platform. So how do you build off of that momentum um, for you specifically? How are you trying to strategize for this company and keep it moving forward? You know, I think the biggest thing to really think through when, when I sit down and we say, okay, what, what is our strategies? It's really engaging our franchisees in on that conversation because without them, good sense won't grow. They have to be engaged in our programs. They have to believe in our programs. Uh, so what we do to make sure that we are going down that direction is very good communication. You can't communicate enough. You gotta have that really strong communication 
element on why this versus that. Uh, one of our conversations is our chain, changing our name to Good Sense, for example. A lot of our restaurants still have Good Sense Deli Fresh subs on their exterior signage on the buildings. Our direction is Good Sense because we're more than just Deli Fresh subs now because we are bringing in these new kind of uh, conveniently packaged meals and grab-and-go options that won't necessarily always be sandwiches. So we're really opening, broadening our uh, product ability to be, we sell great food. We have crazy good food at Good Sense. And it's not just always going to be limited to sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So that is a directional thing on how we roll that out. Uh, one of our initiatives is uh, upgrades to our restaurants. We are making really good headway on that. So um, we have probably 12 of our existing restaurants already upgraded to our new inside look. Okay. Um, and so that will be happening over the next three years. Um, so really it's that guest experience. And back to the basics, we want to make sure we offer quality food. We do outstanding customer service. That speed of service through the line is most important to our guests. And attention to cleanliness. Um, we have to be clean. Our bathrooms have to be clean. Let's just make sure that that experience that the guest sees when they do come in the restaurant is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then our value perception of our customers is right on the money, and that's what's going to take us forward. Mm thinking about um, updating your restaurants, as you mentioned, and keeping them clean and have the bathrooms clean. It's funny because going back to the comment you made earlier about customers who don't even want to have human interaction, you know, it's like increasingly today, you know, customers would just as soon not step into a restaurant as, you know, they, they just want to get the food to them. They don't want to deal with people. They don't want to deal with even getting out of their car, right? Like we were talking about earlier. To that point, how do you update a restaurant? Like, what what do customers want out of the uh, interior experience of a restaurant? Because I feel like some concepts are going, they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to take out all of the dining room. I'm going to really streamline the interior of this restaurant. And I'm going to keep this really bare bones and run a great off-premises strategy to, to take that into account. Is that something that Good Sense is looking at? Or do you guys, are you still aiming to provide that great inside experience? You know, in, in the past, our... Um footprint, let's say, uh, was around 1,800 square foot because we had a pretty, I'd say, pretty sizable dining room for a quick service restaurant. Mm -hmm. We no longer require that. Uh, it's 1,500 square foot or less. And again, that's kind of also beneficial in the real estate world now, looking for sites, uh, because we can do what we need to do with more limited seating because our in, you know, people that really want to dine in has gone down considerably since COVID. And we're, we're, we're right now in kind of the middle range where maybe we can see 15 to 20 people. Uh, and But they may be you know, at the window, at the bar tops for some of those seats and more limited table space. And we really just want effective front and back lines so we can do all the online ordering, catering, that we because we do catering as well off, let's call it line two, which is our back service line. And then we have the front line for the guests that do want to come in and still walk down the line and choose their condiments. But with our grab and go, now we've speeded up their speed of service as well. Mm. So it's all about really effectively lining out operations where we can do what our guests prefer, which is fast speed of service down that line. Mm. 
I would be remiss not to bring up uh, the various challenges going on for restaurant operators today. We already talked a little bit about supply chain, uh, but inflation, labor, these things that are really become such challenges to the entire industry. What is keeping you up at night? What What is Good Sense? What are the headwinds that Good Sense is facing now, and how are you, you know, tackling those? <clears throat> One of the initiatives we've kind of really started discussions in with our franchisees is how do we attract and retain the employees mm -hmm. and our crew members because it is it is tough out there um the first thing that we've kind of settled on is you've got to pay at the market rates Let, let's let's don't don't think we can pay the low the lowest rate in the market because that doesn't work anymore and it really didn't work in the past either but we need to really pay market levels let's get the right people in that can really do a great job servicing our customers and our guests and, and then how do we retain them and you know we, we've talked about this whole um, family environment treat them like family it's it's like your family mm -hmm. and we've done a really great job there there's some franchisees that have programs out there that um, it, they, they've really kind of, uh, let's say, internalized that on, well, how would I want to treat my family and how do I do that and, and get that message to the actual crew members? Um, and those that do that well and execute that, they don't, they, they like to work for a good sense. They don't want to be looking and kind of, you know, jumping for a 10 cent raise. They really like working for good sense. Um, and, and a lot of that, again, I'm going to give credit to our franchisees because it takes, you need to be in that restaurant and you need to make sure you know what's going on and make sure that we're, we're educating the crew members and hopefully, I, I'm hoping one day they become a franchisee. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a nice thing to aim for. I mean, so many people talk about, you know, how to encourage your crew to see a career in the restaurant industry and mm -hmm. being your own business owner, that's kind of a great goal to, to push people toward, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we talk about it, it's, um, um, we've, we've had several of our, let's see, I've been with Good Sense for over 23 years. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people that used to work for someone else decide they want to be a franchisee and they are still franchisees today. Hmm. And I, and I, it's just, um, I look at them as all my, um, family over the years because I, they've kind of, we've grown up, I've grown up and they've grown up with me. Hmm. That's great. Farrellyn, last question for you. Um, what are you excited about for Good Sense today? What's what's something that's really energizing you about this business? I am so excited about the growth. Because uh, I, you know, we've been talking a long time about Good Sense growth with our franchisees. We have a, an annual convention, which will be in March or April this year, this next year. And I, I cannot tell you how excited I am thinking about being on stage, bringing up the new franchisees, talking about our growth, talking about our sales improvements, uh, and giving credit where credit is deserved. And that's to the franchisees. Mm. It, it, that's, that is, that's something that's going to be the next six months. It's going to be great. Exciting awesome. times. Awesome. Well, good luck to you. Um, it's exciting to watch the Good Sense journey. So good luck to you guys in that. And thanks so much for taking some time, Fairland. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it too. For generations, Butterball has delivered only quality American-grown turkey. They provide products that please patrons while delivering versatility to operators in all segments. But Butterball doesn't stop there. As an organization, they're always looking for ways to empower operators to be at their best. 
From recipes that inspire culinary creativity to insights and trends that can help drive business decisions, it's all at ButterballFoodService.com. That was my interview with Good Sense CEO Farallon Wolf. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my four takeaways. My first takeaway is that grab-and-go can serve as another off-premises frontier. We've spent a lot of time talking about drive-through, delivery, takeout, curbside, all of these things. They're great, and you should certainly invest in them or at least explore those as options at your restaurant. But what I think GoodSense provides is a really interesting case study in grab-and-go and how this facilitates off-premises orders just as much as the rest of those. Farallon talked about the fact that some customers would come in for a sandwich for lunch, but then they would see the grab-and-go there, and they might grab prepackaged options for dinner. Maybe they even would sometimes grab several of them for dinners for the whole week. Obviously, that is a takeout option, but it's a different process, a different uh, mental process you have to go through in thinking about how grab-and-go fits the overall off-premises model. What's interesting, too, about Good Sense is that while sandwiches are its real bread and butter as far as menu goes, its grab-and-go options include pasta, salmon, and roast beef. So grab-and-go offers an opportunity to not only expand your menu opportunities, but also gives you a totally new, a totally new um, uh, use case for the customer to come in, pick up your food, even if they are not going to sit down and eat it right away. My second takeaway is that new guests are great, but there's real potential in getting your existing fans to come in more often. Uh, Farallon explained that GoodSense is getting ready to launch a loyalty program, and they're leveraging guest input for this program. They hear that guests want more free food. They're figuring out what that looks like. But what I found so interesting was when she talked about the fact that GoodSense doesn't have to convince more people to come. They just have to convince existing guests to come more often. If they can get even just one more order per month out of each guest, they will successfully grow their sales significantly at that. It's an interesting way to look at this. If you're spending a lot of time trying to recruit new guests, maybe you should instead spend some time looking at your existing guests and trying to figure out how they might come in more often, another visit per week or another visit per month. There is real value there, and that can add up to some real revenue. My third takeaway is that landlords need a tenant as much as you need some real estate. Negotiate as such. This is a little bit more market by market. We all know there is some really hot real estate out there where landlords are pretty much setting the terms for the deal. But in a lot of other spots, with supply chain issues going on right now, uh, operators should consider that they do have a bit of leverage as they try to sort through those supply chain issues. And if they might have an empty restaurant sitting there uh, and it can't open because of whatever supply issues that you are having... You might want to negotiate with your landlord to try to get free rent because you do have some leverage. They want the tenant, especially if you're already getting ready to open. Remember that you do have some of that leverage. Uh, Farrellyn talked about how the franchisees across the GoodSense system are, are dealing with this more and more. We hear this all over the industry, that supply chain is really pushing back store opens further and further. But don't let the landlords take all of the leverage out of that situation. They do still need a tenant. So make sure you try to negotiate from that position. My fourth and final takeaway is that you won't grow if your franchisees are not engaged in your programs. 
Of course, so much of franchise growth comes from within. It comes from existing franchisees who, who are thriving and they want to expand their business. But they don't want to do that if they don't believe in what you're building. And so if the programs you're providing for them are not in line with their vision for the business, they're not going to be interested in adding more units to their franchise business. Work with your franchisees, much as Farallon was talking about Good Sense doing, work with them, communicate with them, make sure they're invested in the programs you're building. That will lead to more franchise growth. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again and talk to you next week.